a podcast. Did your radio show get canceled? Fire, fire, fire. Low down and filthy, but the discipline is on point. Schooled myself, made my own dojo. A cold flow with the whole dose of soul. Maintain composure, even in fury. An anomaly, properties undiscernible to mere peasants. Use weapons that level and tie. Heading into the toughest six weeks of the year. Are you prepared? Yeah, the holidays, they can beat you up. Starting at Thanksgiving to whatever December holiday you choose to uh, celebrate. People can ruin their financial lives in the final six weeks of the year. Don't do it. Don't do it. Hopefully our guest this week, Joey, doesn't do it. Oh, by the way, have you heard the new Tribe Called Quest album? Ho, 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 ho. It's really good. Came out last week. We got it from here is what it's called. Uh, Thank you for your consideration. Or pardon me, thank you for your service uh, is what it's called. We got it here. Uh, I can't even talk. So there you go. Listen to the new uh, Tribe Called Quest album. That's uh, a free plug. And, uh, oh, you know what? Here, here, we'll do this. Uh, I have a friend. I have a weird nickname, of course, Pete the Planner. I have a friend named Johnny Magic. I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. That's weird. No, it's not. He's, he's a magician. He's like a legit magician. He's got a magic kit for kids that's interactive with your, uh, your mobile device. Uh, it's really cool. Could be a great Christmas gift. Teach your kids the glory of magic. I'm just plugging people at this point. Anybody else want to plug? Uh, there's a farmer's market down the street from my house. Go there. I'm just plugging random stuff. All right. Uh, Joey, this week, income went up a lot. Trying to figure out if uh, his habits have uh, progressed with his income. At first, you will find that they did not. But then we discover something else. So anyway, uh, find me on Twitter. Pete the Planner. And don't miss the power percentage episode. Do not miss it. Most important episode of the year. So many superlatives. All right, here's Joey. Stop what you're doing. Oh and hit Pete up on Twitter at Pete the Planner. Hey, man. Question the right of any man. The voice his opinion as strongly as any can. But then again, many men are citizens of their own little world, so they ain't really fitting in. I'm in the background blending in. Can welcome Joey to the million dollar plan. Hello, Joey. Hey, Pete, how's it going? Uh, I'm doing well. I'm pretty excited about your situation. Uh, like I like to remind people when they listen to this program, sometimes the situations will mirror your exact situation, and other times, you wish you could be uh, in the situation the caller is in. And, Joey, this is one of those circumstances which I think people want your problems. <laughs> yeah, you, you know, you think uh, certain th- you, you iron out certain problems and then um, new, new problems pop up. But I guess in, in some instances or some circumstances, the folks might not consider them problems. All right, so you are 34 years old, uh, live in uh, in the South. Can we say that? Do you consider where you live the South? I mean, technically, it is South. Yes. Okay. Uh, 34 years old, and you are married? Correct, yep. And how old is your spouse? She's 39. 39 years old, and you all are financially stable. Correct. But there's a problem. You make too much money. You don't know what to do. You've lost focus. It's, it's uh, lifestyle creep is nigh. Uh, uh, tell us how all this happened. Yeah, so uh, I guess 
eight years ago or so, I um, kind of I, I graduated from grad school. I met up uh, where I was looking for a, a job in uh, economic consulting. I found um, someone who had a uh, an economic consulting company, but it was just a sole proprietorship. It was only him, um, and he kind of said, you know come and join me and see if we can make this thing work. And if, you know, there's enough work for you or potentially others in the future, um, that'd be great. I never had the, the time or interest to do it. Always thought it'd be a good idea. Um, and so I kind of started uh, kind of learning the learning the business, um, trying to do what we could to, to expand and grow. Um, and so fast forward now um, about eight years later, and we have a total of eight employees um, and we're, you know, it's, it's a you know, far cry from where we started. I mean, he had a, um, a very successful sole proprietorship uh, going and, uh, you know, just kind of cruising along. Um, and now we've been able to kind of, uh, kind of build a, a nice uh, company here and, and kind of I've seen and my partner has seen his uh, income grow um, quite a bit over that time period. And so I guess the part that I skipped there was, uh, my uh, my now uh, business partner, we, we formed an LLC at, at some point along the way. Um, and so now I'm an owner or partner as well. Okay. I thought that was going to take like a nefarious turn. Like that person died <laughs> when I, uh, you know, never <laughs> sorry, I don't, we shouldn't joke about this. Uh, you, you were making 50 grand as you were buying into it and things were developing, but uh, the fruits of your labor have produced deep six-figure income for you now um three four hundred thousand dollars a year of income for you right right yeah it's um there, there were i guess my so my act my you know my income by myself i think was close to i think it was around 230 for two years in a row and then i think it jumped up to over 400 last year um and it's and it's just the way that we kind of take the way that the money kind of comes out of the business is a little, you know, it's not like, so if I made 400 last in, in say 2015, um, I didn't really get most of that until this year or I got some of it this year. So yeah. it's, you know, it's kind of a matter of, it's hard to think about exactly when the, no, you know, in, in, what's, in terms of calendar year and, and taxable year and that sort of thing. As we look at your situation, that is part of the issue. Oddly enough, you, you don't make $35,000 a, a month, Joey, right? I mean that <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's easier to deal with than, um, I, I, what do you consider your main salary to be? What did you say? Um, well, I guess even that's kind of funny. So we, basically we, we take salaries um, equal to or actually just a little bit above the Social Security max. So right. in our case, it's a, a little over, like it's like 120, 125. Um, but, I mean, just kind of as a function as we've done it in the past, we, we, we kind of set up our 26 pay periods based on about 90000 and then take a bonus at the end mm-hmm. of – you know, assuming the money is around to take a bonus to get us above the uh, Social Security base. And then as LLC taxed as an S-Corp, we get the distribution um, beyond that. And so and so we receive that as a, as a, on our K-1 for taxes. So um, basically throughout the year, I'm, you know, my 26 pay periods is based on about a $95,000 salary, um, of which, I mean, I'm contributing – uh, you know, we have a 401k, so I contribute the max there of 18,000. Um, and then, um, I, the way I've been doing it is I've been 
in some cases making quarterly payments, but primarily just kind of taking a lot of my annual, you know, 26 pay period income and throwing that toward, you know, extra toward um, federal income withholding. Um, and so, I mean, ultimately I'm getting, I don't know, it comes in like 2000 bucks every two weeks or something like that. So See. not, um, not, close to 30,000 or what you were coming up with. <laughs> yeah. So some of the, so, so here's, what's really interesting about your situation. Not only did your, I'm going to call them your previous habits and behaviors. Cause I'm not saying you've got new behaviors, Joey. I'm just saying at one point in time, you probably lived a little leaner than you do now. Uh, so <laughs> those behaviors, as well as some of these big payouts, uh, eliminating obligations have got you to a point now where you actually don't have a lot of monthly obligations, right? And, and so when the big chunks come in, first of all, you can comfortably afford your life now without the bonuses, although they would, uh, that would make you sad. Uh, but when you, when you get them, there's not a great incentive at this point to do amazing things with them other than guilt. <laughs> would you agree with yeah. that or do you feel incentivized to do amazing things with your big payouts? Well, I mean, I guess as, you know, for a period of time, as this is, you know, like I mentioned, that we're, there were a couple of years at about 230000 So for a couple of those time, uh, you know, periods where I was receiving those big lumps or those big bonuses, um, a lot of that money was spoken for in the sense that, okay, well, now i got to pay taxes on all of this and, you know, i got to knock that out. The other parts were kind of being uh, spent to buy into the business. And so for the first few years where I was making a lot of the, you know, the, a higher income of like 200, pretty much all that money was spoken for. And so I just kind of imagined that I didn't really have it because I kind of had to use it. Um, and now this, this year uh, where I received kind of, you know, probably bigger than usual, I, it was a point where, okay, well, I kind of knocked out a lot of the, you know, a lot of those obligations. So I actually had, you know, this money was essentially unspoken for. Um, what I decided to do with a big chunk of it um, was to pay off my house. And then um, there were a number of other kind of um, more or less one-time things that I decided to do with, you know, kind of, uh, you know, several things being about, you know, 10000 $20,000 each. So uh, what's the biggest, I'm just curious, and this is where all the tiny violins start playing for the people listening to the podcast. Um, <laughs> what's the largest check you've ever written to the IRS? Uh, well, so like last year, uh, you mean the total amount that I paid or the, the final amount that I had to pay to catch up? The final amount that you had to pay to catch up. It was about 60 grand. <laughs> oh man. You know, so uh, here's where I'm going with that. Number one, um, it's great to make $400,000, um, and, uh, you know, I don't want to go too far down this road because then we'll just get into like a political discussion of taxes. But, yeah, that stinks <laughs> that you had to write a check for $60,000. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that was, you know, and I had paid 60 during the year. Like that was, you know, half of <laughs> catching, you know, I know, getting to the 120 that I owed. <laughs> I know. I've, I've been there. Um, so, um, okay. So let's do this. <laughs> what is the ultimate goal? Like what? For you, you and you, you and your wife, um, what do you want? Flexibility? Do you want early retirement? Do you want stability? Do you want absurd wealth? Like, what do you want? Well, I guess, I mean, <laughs> I guess stability is, is definitely one aspect of it as I think about it. You know, um, I, I don't necessarily want to retire early. That's, I, I enjoy what I'm doing. I would love to kind of have, you know, this business go on forever. Um, 
I guess just the fact that, you know, I own my own business uh, with some partners, um, I, to me, there's a little bit of a, a risk in that, I guess, and that maybe I won't always <laughs> be flying so high, so to speak. Um, and I think that kind of played into the idea of, well, let's knock out the house and then that's set. And then, um, you know, then I can be, you know, if there are, you know, whatever lean years, so to speak, in the future, that won't be stressing me out quite as much because we've, you know, we've got some obligations out of the way. Um, so I guess, you know, I say stability, and I, but I guess some of that's tied to, you know, how how the business goes on. Um, I, I think for me, as I, I haven't mentioned this yet, I guess, but the, we we bought a, uh, a duplex uh, or uh, are in the process of <laughs> buying a duplex. <laughs> um, it, it has a mortgage. Um, so that, that would be my only debt would be on this, um, on the duplex that we rent out both sides. Um, and that's, you know, you know, generating some income for us on an annual basis and obviously appreciating some, I think, here in Austin. Uh, but uh, the, uh, the the thought process, I guess, would be to try to build up maybe some of this real estate uh, income um, and cash flow to really kind of insulate us from anything that might happen with the business going forward, with my you know consulting business going forward. See, okay, so I, I like the way you're thinking because, number one, if you just want to take a 30,000-foot view, there are risks associated with your situation that can the business continue at a pace, especially when partners are involved. And that's not cause for concern, but it's certainly cause for contingency plans, right? And then the other aspect is, you know, you can, there's two ways to diversify yourself by getting a bunch of cash and sitting on it or to create an income portfolio like you're talking about with real estate. So, so far, I would say um, the idea to create a portfolio, a real estate portfolio, makes a tremendous amount of sense to me. So, is that the intention? You've got the one duplex. Like, how soon until you consider adding more? Yeah, I guess it's just a matter of. Uh when I, you know, if we get, I, I, you know, the way this year is going, I should be able to, I should get a kind of a chunk of money next year that would be more or less free to use for something like that for another um, investment property. Now, how do you, at the end of, and I guess you don't even really think of your year and calendar years anymore because of how weird your income is. Um, do, do you think of sort of an income year ends on a particular month? I mean, like, April thirtieth is the end of your income year. How do you how do you view that? Um, <laughs> I guess that's been one of the biggest uh, kind of transitions as you go from when I when I had you know say making fifty thousand dollars a year um, and you know I got pretty much fifty thousand dollars evenly throughout the year um, to now I mean it's it's just been kind of like okay um, what's going to leave me enough of a cushion. Um, before I can get probably can, before I'll be able to take out some of that distribution from from the business, and so that generally um, doesn't happen until right around you know maybe March or April that we can take some out um, to pay some taxes, and then you know probably later then in the summer that we might be able to take out even more. I mean, it's, you know we we are you know it's a consulting business, but we are kind of reinvesting back into the business, but it's you know more or less we can take the distribution each year sure. um, that, that we get, you know, basically that K-1 amount we can we can take out at some point, usually in the probably the first half or first seven months of the year. 
If I'm you, here's how I would focus yourselves. Uh, number one, I would set very hard goals with actual timelines to them. I, I think if one is going to have lifestyle creep with the income levels you're talking about, it's really easy as disciplined, as intelligent, as high income earning as you are to stray from something when there's really no specifics, um, which is to say, we would like to buy another property by June 1st of 2017, you know, something like that, that you can measure yourself to. Um, mm -hmm. Now on a cash flow basis, uh, my advice is a little different. I, I think you need to employ uh, measuring your power percentage on a regular basis. Have you heard me talk about power percentage before? Uh, I think I've heard you mention it, but I don't remember exactly that. All right. So here's yeah, what we're going to do. We're going to take your gross monthly or your gross income. And you, you know what, Joey, you can have it be measured however the heck you want. I don't really care. I mean, just take 12 months and take your total income. And then what we want to know is how much of that income, gross income moves you forward. We need to know the percentage. Okay. So uh, unfortunately in your circumstance, especially at that income level, I mean, you can, what's your, what's your marginal tax rate? I mean, do you view it to be like 40, what is it? 46%? What is it? I have no idea. What do you think it is? Um, no, I mean, I guess, it's, um, isn't it 33? Um, I'm looking. Um, yeah, it's 33%. And I've got... You're not uh, just the 39.6 well, in 2017. The projected tax bracket for over $418,000 is 39.6% is the okay. top bracket. I, yeah, we were in the 35th last year. I, um... Or thirty-five percent, um, but this year I think it's gonna—it's not gonna be over four hundred this year. It's gonna be closer to three fifty or something like that. Okay. So what I want to know so is, it, it, yeah, yeah, I want to—I want to take the total amount that you invest or that you increase your net worth by in any given year, and divide that by your gross annual income. So you obviously max out your four hundred one k at uh, eighteen thousand bucks. What's the match, or is there a safe harbor contribution or something from your employer? Yeah, we do. Uh, we match 6%. Okay, so 6% of your... It's like another seven. Okay. Thousand, so you're $25,000 there. Um, and then the question becomes, <laughs> you, obviously, when you paid off your mortgage, you, you, that was a huge capital expenditure, but at the same time, it increased your net worth. Um, so the question becomes, on an annual basis, how much do you increase your net worth? By what percent? Um, mm -hmm. You need to be above 35%. Okay. You, your total net worth increase over the course of 12 months has to be over 35%. If it's not, then the creep that you fear is real. <laughs> um, and, and I will tell you, this you, is, yeah, go ahead. Oh, just nuts and bolts of that calculation. Are you, when you say, I, when we say gross, are we talking after taxes or? No, before taxes. I mean, taxes. that's the okay. challenge, right? I mean, because for you, 30 some percent's already peeled off from a tax perspective. So it's mm -hmm. it, like for you to say, oh, we actually uh, save 70% of our income, we know is not true because 33% of it's gone in taxes. Mm -hmm. um, this is to suggest that, uh, and the way I view it is, on an annual basis, your, your, your power percentage is going to float somewhere between 35% up to about 60%. Like it's going to, based on how much money you make uh, because of mm -hmm. taxes. So personally, how I measure what sort of year Mrs. Planner and I had 
is to look in and say, what percent of our income did we retain versus spend? Um, and I think trying to make it be at least a percent higher every year is a reasonable way to keep yourself in line. Okay. Because even the purchases, frankly, um, the purchase of a rental property, you that's not a purchase. That that truly is an investment. Right. So you can say, well, I bought some for 180000 bucks. Great. There's a $180,000 deposit as it relates to your power percentage. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'd be interested to know where you're at there. I, so much so that I want you to email me after you figure it out because I want to know. I, I would guess you're north of 35% and I'd be a little nervous if you weren't. Okay. Yeah, I mean, this, I mean, I guess, again, defining the year, I guess if we talk about the money that I re- you know, technically received in 2016, even though some of it was earned, right, in 2015, um, that's kind of how I've been thinking about a little bit of, of like when I actually receive the money versus and, and when I pay it out. Um, I can do that. And, and yet this year would be pretty, I think the power percentage would be pretty high because of the, the house payoff and some other things. Yeah. And so that's the thing. Just be consistent with how you view it. Don't lie to yourself and like make it weird 12 month run. Like mm-hmm. just it's either January to December or it's mm-hmm. April to March. I don't really care what it is. Um, okay. So that's one thing. And then, and, and then you and your wife sitting down and, and setting goals with dates on them, I think would be very helpful too, whether it, the money is spent on a major vacation or the money is spent on a rental property. I think giving yourself a timeline can prevent you from depending on your income to solve your problems. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like you guys are good at that at setting timeline or do you just do stuff when it seems right? Um, well, I guess definitely when we when it was more when, when we kind of had to with the budgeting, um, but even the idea of um, real estate had kind of been out there, and then it was like, okay, well, I've got uh, you know that that particular year I had about a hundred thousand dollars. It wasn't quite enough to pay, pay off the house. I was kind of like, well, that doesn't really get me anywhere. <laughs> let's let's um, let's just let's think about looking for uh, a rental property. And we kind of looked for a while. Um, and then kind of found a really good one and jumped on it. And so, I mean, it was it was out there in like we, we would like to do this, but you know we're not just going to buy one to to get one. Um, and so I, I think yeah, I think being able to put dates on it is a little more difficult at this point. But I mean, I think we're generally pretty. Um, you know, once I kind of commit to an idea of something, then I you know then I'll knock it out. Same thing with like, you know. Uh, it became clear toward the end of last year that I would be able to pay off the house with the distribution that we were, that I was going to get in this year. And that was kind of, okay, well, whenever I can get that money out of the business and the business doesn't, you know, uh, go too low in the, the bank account, uh, whenever I, whenever I pull that money out, um, I'll pay the house off. So then at the point that I did that, I think it was in, um, July of this year. So it wasn't until about July that I could do it. Um, it was it was kind of this is going to sound bad, but it was kind of anticlimactic to yeah. kind of go and and wire the money and be like, all right, well now I don't have that money anymore, but at least <laughs> the house is paid off. So, do you feel like you have reabsorbed whatever your house payment was back into your life, or are you doing good things with that money? Uh, I'm trying to catch up on taxes, so I've basically zeroed out my checks for the rest of the month or for the rest of the year. So, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's let let us kind of. Uh, you know, adjust some things around and kind of losing that payment. But honestly, um, our payment was, I think, like 1400 bucks a month or something. And so, again, on our, um, you know, 
with our overall situation, it was pretty modest um, house payment there. So no one that's listening is going to agree with what I say, and you probably should disagree just for the sake of, oh, I don't know, sanity. But I, I think this illustrates how no matter what your income is, it's not necessarily easy to manage your financial life because your financial life, although you make a tremendous amount of money and you get to keep a lot of it, it's really complicated. Like your financial life is tremendously complicated. Do you feel that way or do you want to disagree so you save face? <laughs> no, I think it's, I think it, uh, it, it is different from, you know, a lot of even my friends and, and family. And, and so it has its uh, own unique things and that you don't really, I mean, I have to reach out to guys with podcasts to get answers on things <laughs> because you, you try to read the, read the blogs and the, the forums and no one's asking your exact question or, or maybe they're, they feel bad about it and they shouldn't uh, tell others about their situation. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, I think for you, it really, it, it, this has to do with, to some degree, holding yourself to a higher standard because the only person that's going to tell you you're making a mistake is when your money starts going backwards because you could argue you can out-earn your problems, but that eventually falls on its face, and that's why, frankly, professional athletes always fall on their face, and by always, I mean very frequently, because they try to out-earn their, their, their problems, and that ends when their career ends. Um, so for you, that power percentage is everything, and to me, my power percentage is everything. Mine's 47%, and with my bonus payout, it moves to 52%. And it's, uh, it's all I care about in, in, in a down-to-earth financial way, right? Mm -hmm. What else? Any other, any other questions occurring to you as we, as we walk through this? Well, I know you always talk about life insurance, but I also and we, I think we should talk about that one. But also, um, I haven't heard too much about disability insurance, and I don't – I just – be honest, I don't have disability insurance, although I think it'd probably be something for me to consider. It absolutely would, um, especially you sound like um, you don't do a lot of actual, uh, <laughs> I was going to say about a lot of actual labor, but you know what I mean? You're not working with your, your hands and your back of those sorts of things, right? Right. It's, you know, the office type uh, <laughs> like how situation. You actually for... don't work. And so, uh, no, I, I think especially for you, um, disability insurance is super important and you need something called own oc which is called own occupation where if you can't do your occupation then you are considered disabled it would be a waste of money in my opinion for you to get something called any oc which means that you can't do um if you can't do any occupation then you're considered disabled it's a pretty big distinction right um and so it's going to be somewhat expensive, but given the fact that you're not physically involved with your work, um, the premiums won't be awful. And I think you're, you are statistically more likely to become disabled prior to retirement than you are to die before retirement. So in that respect, disability insurance becomes more important than life insurance. And one of the things with disability insurance, as I look into it, uh, I never know what to, to put as the amount of benefits or like the monthly income that I would receive from it. So what would be reasonable, do you think, in this situation where, I mean, like, like I've said, we don't have a house payment, we've got, you know, but uh, I, I guess, I don't know, what would be reasonable? Well, if, well, frankly, I would buy as much as you can, like as, as much as they would allow, allow you to buy. And a good insurance agent 
and you know what? I'm going to go off on a weird tangent here. I read an article, so I rate for USA Today, but other people do too. And I read another person's article this weekend in USA Today that I thought was ridiculous. Like they argued that life insurance people who try to sell you more life insurance than you have are crooks when that is in fact not true because most people are underinsured. So the people are just trying to do their damn job in your situation. You need a good insurance agent that will help you get as much disability insurance as you can get, because what's the point of buying it if you don't get the most benefit from it? So I think you need to go to a major disability insurance provider, a, a, an actual physical agent and tell them your situation, be very honest with them and let them do their job. And their job is to get you as much disability insurance as you qualify for. Okay. Yeah. It, it, that it, disability insurance is not where someone in your situation would want to go cheap. Okay. And what about on the life insurance side? I'll, uh, I think you'll tell me that I'm underinsured, but, uh, uh we've know. got, uh, I have a 500,000 and, uh, my wife has a 500,000 on her too. Yeah. I mean, you're underinsured. You're 34. Are you healthy? I mean, you're not smoking like 90 cigarettes a day or anything. <laughs> no, we're healthy. You're probably underinsured, and, and, but you don't have children and you, you are going to create a, quite a bit of wealth. There's two ways to look at this. You could a use life insurance as a wealth building vehicle, which some people like to do. Some people don't. Um, I'll say this very simply. If you go that path, you better stick to that path because I find it to be not a very flexible product in the sense that if you have a bad year and you're responsible for those premiums in the year that which you had a bad year, you got a problem. Okay. So that Mm -hmm. that's an issue. Now, from a face amount standpoint, you absolutely don't have enough coverage, but I would argue that whereas formulas would say you need about four million or so, I think one and a half to two million would suffice because um, you have no mortgage payment uh, from your email to us. Your wife is currently going through training that would get her sixty-five to seventy thousand dollars a year in a field, right? Is that what you mentioned that she was computer programming? She could get seventy grand a year. Yeah, potentially. But I mean, there, at this point, it, there's not a huge urgency on that. So she may not be working for a while. Which is fine. I mean, until, yeah. I, I, until it hits the fan with my business and she's back to work. <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> I, I would say you definitely probably need one and a half to two million is my, is my gut on that. And if you're talking to the disability insurance person, they would probably update at that anyway. And I think it's a good use of money, in my opinion. So did I just sell life insurance and disability insurance on my podcast? I feel like I did. Even though I don't actually <laughs> sell it, I may have just uh, proposed uh, that that's the way. But th- here's the thing with your situation. Everything's going so well. And so when you look at a situation like that, you say, well, what could blow it up? Well, being dead kind of sucks. Uh, so does being disabled and unable to work. And so does having a bad year, bad few years within the business. So the bulk of our conversation has revolved around those three elements, protecting against them. Mm-hmm. So... Very good. Well, please keep us posted. I would love to know what your power percentage is after you uh, find it out. So just email it to me if you can. Okay, will do. Anything else? No, I think that's it. All right, man. Uh, Great job. And I hope people hear this for what it is, is that uh, everyone's got financial challenges. And uh, uh, obviously, I know, Joey, you feel that way. Yeah. If you want to be on this podcast and have Pete fix your money life, then hit us up at PeteThePlanner.com slash podcast. You heard me. Pete the 
This is for information purposes only. This is not the Swiss financial planning device. Consult a financial divisor. Released from Everest, the fresh is fresh, and you can call me ET or to John Tesh. Let me bless this harmonic presentation. It's amazing, so amazing. I'm the reason. Salutations, I bring you love, trying greetings Taste from a far away land. I am the soul controller. Put the remote down and let me take control. You're now a part of my zone, so enjoy yourself. Love, trying can restore your health. I bring you greetings, uh, salutations. How you doing? And is that how y'all say it? The tinkling of the keys is an homage to the little, little star. I sojourn over poetic descriptions of sound and travel to my other world. Out of this world, spaceship on my arm took me home, filled by the ink and the megabytes and the hypertext transfer protocol, stronger than the Skynet and the Terminator. I push faders into warp speed, glide with ease, creating a breeze they call a black hole, event horizon, no rear view concerns. This I adjourn, and beats I burn, I burn, I burn. This I adjourn, and beats I Salutations, I bring you love, trying greetings from a far away land. I am the soul controller. Put the remote down and let me take control. You're now a part of my zone, so enjoy yourself. Love, try can restore your health. I bring you greetings. Uh, salutations, how you doing? And is that how y'all say it? 